Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, and welcome to It's Not a Comeback episode. Um, Danielle Ballinger has uh, not gone anywhere. She's been racing uh, on and off, low-key, living in Moab and uh, making some great burgers at uh, Milt's Stop and Eat. So... You've probably been there and didn't seen her and didn't even know it. So uh, it's an interesting episode, of course. I think they're all interesting. But um, I think uh, we'll find out that maybe she's getting a little bit more back into adventure racing when it works out. Um, sounds like she's really enjoying her family. So, hey, more the more families we have, the merrier, right? Um, so what else has been going on? Getting, uh, starting to get ready for, uh, Worlds. Thinking about starting to pack anyway when this one goes out. What should be, I don't know, whatever, who knows when you'll listen to it, but this will be the next one going, going out. So, um, pretty excited about that. I think I can have some cool, cool coverage and some neat things we're planning on on doing it so um that'll be fun uh shout out this week to john van dis and un oops now i gotta look at it is um unplugged adventures in in iowa that uh, helped out the helped out the podcast a little bit to uh help keep this coming to you in a timely manner also had a lot of interesting interviews this week, so we got some really cool guests coming up between now and the World Championships and maybe even a little bit after that. So, um, like I said, back in the swing of things and having fun. Um, back to working a little bit, which eh, it's still fun. I like that. It's been raining this week, so it's slowed down a little bit. Um, and going out with the Chili Dog Paulette's pretty much healed up from the Tahoe 200 and thinking about another one next year. So, yeah, she's nuts, but we love her. So what can we say? So, um, you know, the deal, Go, uh, somebody go to iTunes this week and give us a like just because nobody's been doing that. So um, one person, that's all I ask. That isn't so much, is it? So thanks for listening and... Um, Go fast and take chances and enjoy the conversation. Hello? Hi, is this Danielle? Yeah, this is she. This is Randy Erickson. Hey, Randy, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. Doing good. Good. So, you got time? Is this a good time sure. now? Sure, yeah. Let's Sweet. Let's do it. We've been uh, trying to do this for how many months now? <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, there's only been one person harder. Yeah. And that was Mike Closure. Oh, I bet. <laughs> we finally talked. He was in the middle, sitting in an airport, waiting for an airplane somewhere. So we oh, had wow. A, 
and then we had the lady talking in the background through half the podcast. <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it is. So, well, it's good to talk to you, and we're we're rolling. So, this this is forever now. All right, sounds good. So forever. Um, so the first thing, and people that listen to me will find this unusual, but I actually did a little research, mm-hmm. and I found something that said you really like brutal races. That I really like brutal races? Yeah. It's, it's true. It's it, true. The harder it is, well, let's just say the harder the races, the easier it is for me to do well relative to the competition. Yeah. No, I understand that. You know, it's just a matter of, like, keeping going, and you actually get to slow the pace down, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense at all, so. uh, No, yeah, makes total sense to me. And, of course, the brutal races are the ones that memories are made of, so that's always fun. Yeah. Um, So, do you remember the, obviously you probably do, but you remember the really, really brutal ones more than the easy ones? Probably. I mean, you know, I was thinking back over the, oh, 15 or so years that I was doing it, uh, it's kind of a blur. So every so often, something will remind me of a race or whatever. But yeah, I think probably, you know, in most cases, the more brutal ones stick out in my head more than the others. Or at least the more brutal moments of different races. Yeah. I mean, I always... Yeah, those really miserable times are always the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> well, but of course, somehow we forget them because we end up going back and doing another one. Well, that's true. So I'll, I'll give you a heads up, and I'm not going to spring this one right on you, but um, sometime during our chat, I always like to know your worst and best six hours racing. So, but we'll oh, get, boy. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'll give you a little chance to think about it since we're okay. already okay. already on the brutal part. Um, so how did you get started in this bizarre adventure race trail running brutal race world yeah you know i grew up in in the mountains in evergreen and my parents would always you know every summer we'd go on camping trips both my parents were school teachers so the summer we'd take off on camping trips and go fishing and hiking and you know we were kind of just outdoorsy and uh, and then i enjoyed playing sports as a kid soccer mainly and um in high school, I was actually playing on the high school volleyball team, and the coach made a – I was on the team, I think, just because the, the volleyball team was really good, our high school team, so I kind of wanted to be a part of that. But the coach made a comment to me about my height, um, which, inferring that I basically wasn't going to get a chance to play because I was too short. And so I quit, and I decided to join the cross-country team, where it didn't matter how tall or how short or how – skinny or fat you were, it just mattered how fast you crossed the line. And I uh, joined the cross-country team and did pretty well, but most of all, I had awesome coaches that were like the best high school cross-country coaches you could imagine. They made it really, they made running fun for a high school girl. Uh, it kind of got me hooked on it. Yeah. So you kind of stereotypically had the best and the worst of coaches in high school right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but so that, that and you know, and the exposure to the outdoors, and then of course I saw the Eco Challenge on TV, um, which I, I know many adventure athletes have had the same experience. They saw it on TV and were like, "Wow, 
that looks cool. Yep. yep. And then uh, it's like kind of the idea I can do that. That's what I want to do. And years later, eventually did. So, um, I mean, you had the hiking in the in the mountain background. Was it, and then you had the running. Was it a fairly easy transition to adventure racing? Um, yeah, I got in first from running. Uh, I got actually, I ran in high, in uh, college at CU for a year. And uh, during that year, first of all, I realized I was better at the longer distances. Mm-hmm. And then I also realized, uh, I guess, the enjoyment of the cross training. And I started getting in, getting into cycling and running road cycling and running which led me to triathlons and uh and then i started doing simultaneously doing sort of the longer trail runs um pikes peak marathon and um and then you know right about then was kind of when mountain biking was starting to become more popular and so it wasn't until college that i started doing mountain biking for the first time so it was sort of a natural transition into adventure racing. I just yeah. needed to learn the paddling and the orienteering, the navigation part. So, um, so how is your nav? It's getting, it's pretty good. It's getting there. We did, I did the World Rogaine Championships with my husband, yeah. and um, hit all the checkpoints that we went to without any problems. So, um, so that was good. It was my husband's first distance race and we managed to survive without getting divorced (laughs) which is um our best result um we did sleep for about eight hours and uh and then we quit a few hours early so we didn't get divorced but our results weren't that well but we did manage to not get lost (laughs) yeah but it seems like that's you're kind of jumping into the deep end with them so i think that's a pretty good result yeah yeah exactly it was fun we had a real fun time it was yeah you know i um, I think most people know that I was one of the course vetters there, so I was seeing what was happening. I was really surprised at the number of people that didn't go all night. I mean, was that your strategy, or did you go out and then think, now oh, maybe we'll take a take a break? We intended on, I mean, I knew that my husband, you know, this was, he hasn't done anything even yeah. close to this and hasn't trained for it, so I knew we were going to, we had a hotel just down the street at one of the cottages, and we knew we were going to spend a full, get a full eight hours of rest. Yeah. You know, we also needed energy to take care of the two kids the next day. We had <laughs> grandma helping babysit, but, yeah. um, so yeah, that was that was part of our strategy. Although, you know, I have to say that I really wish I could have been out there all night finding those yeah. checkpoints because I thought it was. A pretty neat it would have been tough i think at night that yeah, court but yeah. i think it would have been pretty neat and doable you know the pace would have slowed but i think it would have been doable yeah yeah well i'll uh i'll give you an invite we're doing another six hour one on november 1st so if you want to make that a little, right yeah if you um, want to make a little road trip <laughs> oh i'd love to we got um i organized the moab trail marathon ah. and we're yeah. we got 15 hundred we're full at 1500 and that's the next weekend so i'm gonna be well uh, i guess that probably yeah probably a good enough excuse so (laughs) yeah but keep me posted with those i I love that stuff yeah we try to do yeah we try to do a couple a year around here and we're trying to you know they're fairly low-key but you know we're trying to get them a little little 
few more people coming up. So, yeah, um, it's a beautiful area up there too. Yeah, we Love really it. like it. So, um, are you sort of in a comeback? Oh, I don't think I'm in a comeback. I think I'm just in a denial of or a <laughs> not quite ready to be completely done yeah. phase. Um, I mean, I just I love it. You know, yeah. I love the racing and the people, and I love the training for it. And so I'm, you know, I think I'm done. I am done competing like I used to at that high of a level. Yeah. There's just, you know, I'm lucky to be able to find an hour a day to train. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I still, you know, when I have the opportunity and I see an event that's, that seems pretty fun, you know, I, I can easily be talked into doing it. Yeah. So I know you're, you're going up to do the NARS in like three weeks. Yeah. I got talked into doing that. Should be fun. That one, talk about, uh, a brutal race. It sounds like it very well could be. Yeah, well, I know well, it will be for me with my, <laughs> with without a, the training that I, you know. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm friends with both Ian and, and Fletcher, so I know you're in good company with them. So that'll that'll help. Yeah, it'll be our first time racing together, but they seem like real good guys, and yeah, I'm yeah. And then I Ian, got talked into doing the Moab adventure race next weekend. Okay. So so um, so have, have you kind of been, you know? doing races you know the whole time just just for fun is that where you're at yeah yeah i've been doing uh, you know not as many as i used to which yeah. was crazy the number that i used to but i've been hopping into probably four or five races um each year yeah. um ones that either we could make a family vacation out of or ones that are close to home um yeah. just because um, with the kids. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's... finding the babysitter. Is, yep. Uh, so you of... need to to look at. Um, no, I'm going to screw up. Andy's book, the Ultra Mental book. He's training thirty minutes a week and doing adventure races. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, it's um, quite honestly, you might be the kind of person that can do it because it's like they're like super, super intensive, like thirty second intervals. And, oh yeah, but um, it worked for him. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read that book yeah. today <laughs> because if, if it works, that's exactly what I need. That sounds yeah. great. Well, and that's where he was. You know, he had he had a life and had kids and didn't have time to train. So he really got on this super intensive workouts and like he says, it, it's maybe only a three minute workout. But if you can finish it, you're not going hard enough. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'll check that out. Although I have to say that my hour a day workout is my that's my meditation for the yeah. day. That's my you know, chance to sort of um I don't know, revive myself for the mm-hmm. next 24 hours or whatever, 23 hours. So yeah. I love getting that hour workout in a day. It's just part of, you know, who I am, I guess. Yeah. But if so, I could supplement it with a yeah with a three minute, and it would help me to get through a thirty six hour adventure race. That sounds great. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fairly. It, yeah, you sound like the perfect person. So I bet your husband is like me, and every once in a while he says, "You need to go get out for a run." That's what I tell Paulette sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's still he's he's figuring it out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's usually more like, "Honey, I I need to go for a run right now," and yeah. then he's like, "Oh, yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah, okay, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, so let's let's get in the wayback machine and go back. What was your first expedition race? Uh, Eco Challenge Morocco. And how, I mean, obviously you can't, you saw this on TV, but how did you, uh, how did you end up in Morocco? Oh, um, gosh, I can't remember. It was, um, I can't remember how we, I think it was my friend Darren Iceman, I believe was the one that said, Hey, let's get a team together for this. And, um, so we got a group of top Colorado multi-sport athletes. One was my boyfriend at the time, Eric Black, and then Dan Nielsen, who are all still, you know, good athletes. And we were sort of, you know, this was our first expedition race, and so we were kind of not expected to do very well. And we finished. We ended up finishing 12th. For a while we fell into almost last place. One of the guys got sick with the virus and he was able to overcome it and uh we you know moved back in and finished 12th place which wasn't too bad but that was the introduction to it i said i would never do one after that and then (laughs) it was two weeks later within the next year that i realized to never say never yeah i my wife paulette just finished the 200 mile tahoe run and a week later i was talking to some people about the 200 in colorado and she's like and when is that race again? <laughs> That's <laughs> so, great. Um, when you, so how much experience did you have before your before Morocco? Um, I, you know, I had a lot of experience as far as, you know, training and yeah. and uh, multi sport. Tri- came from you know with the triathlon yeah. and the different multi sport events, the Mount Taylor Quadrathlon. Um, but no experience other than um, shortly before the race, a few months before the race, I was invited to do a shorter um, adventure race hmm. with some guys. So, and, that, and we actually won that race, and that was a good chance to sort of mentally and um, physically prepare. Yeah. For what, so yeah. What? Because what, what I'm thinking of, and what I hear a lot of, is adventure racers. The, yeah, their first or second race is a 10-day expedition race. And I think it takes, I mean, were you just like, well, yeah, why wouldn't we do a 10-day race? I mean, that seems to be the mindset of a lot of adventure racers. Yeah, it is. it is. I mean, it, it takes a special mindset. I think there's only a small breed of people that really get it, that that really can understand why, you know, why you'd want to for one and and why you would actually pay money mm-hmm. to do it for two. So yeah. I think it's I mean most people you say this to have absolutely no comprehension of what is beyond their comprehension to yeah. even imagine that this this event could even happen let alone want to do it or understand, you know, what the individuals are going through. Mm-hmm. Um but then there's you know, it's a gene or something, and there's this other group of people that want more and more of it. Yeah, yeah. Crave that I, suffering. Yeah. I mean, that's the phrase we use all the time is, well, 
why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you I think there's a lot of reasons why we wouldn't, but <laughs> I but, guess the reasons why why we would, yeah, are more so. So, um, so how many of the ecos and primal quests did you do? Just roughly, just so. Oh, let's see. I think I did about four, four or five eco challenges, and then I did all the primal quests up to um, the the one up in the uh, outside of Seattle. Okay, the San Juan. San Juan's. Yeah. yeah, that was the last. Oh no, I did Moab. Okay. Moab so. primal quest. So I guess I missed two of the primal quests, yeah. and then I, yeah, I think I did four or five eco oh. challenges. Yeah. I kind of so, got into those. Yeah, they had already had a few of them before I got into the sport. But you went, you went big. So let me let me ask you this hypothetical question. There's pretty substantial rumors that Primal Quest is coming back next year in Tahoe. I heard. What What if somebody said, Danielle, you want to go do Primal Quest? No Tahoe? way, man. <laughs> no way. If I hadn't already done it, I probably would be tempted to do it. Yeah. But with these expedition races, the I don't know the idea of like, you know. Granted, I enjoyed that course, yeah. and I, you know, I love the area. But mm-hmm. if I'm gonna suffer like that, I want to do it someplace. Suffer someplace new. Someplace that I've never been. That, yeah. That I've always wanted to go. That seems like a really new, exciting place to explore. Yeah. So. so I'm I'm really curious to see. One, if it happens, which I mean, sounds like it. But two, doing it on the same course and comparing, what uh, yeah. comparing yeah. you know the different times. So yeah, um, that's what that'll be. Pretty. That's what I think will be interesting to see. Yeah. The times. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been what was it? Oh, oh six or oh oh three or oh six. Okay, so, so it was. Yeah. Right almost. around ten years ago. So I'll yeah. be curious to see the times. Yeah. So what is, um, in all the races you've done, what is the most, um, the one place where it was completely different than you thought it might be before you went to race? Like you had, you had, okay, we're going here and this is what it's going to be like. And you got there and it was completely different. Oh, um, probably Malaysia and the, the eco challenge there. Um, I mean, you think of, Malaysia is this, you know, tropical island uh-huh. with beaches, you know, sandy beaches and palm trees and stuff, you know? Yeah. And I remember Mark Burnett said at the pre-race meeting, you are going to go where no man has been before. I thought, wow, you know? And then we got out there and I was like, no wonder no man has been here before. This place is nasty. And it was just <laughs> muddy and stinky and leeches and bugs and there was no no drinking water nothing to eat it was just oh just miles and miles of just kind of nasty rugged terrain in the heat with the sweat and the ants and oh man so yeah it was, you, you probably know, had you a... have this tropical paradise in your mind <laughs> it yeah. was not that no. Yeah, but I can hear you smiling now just talking about it. Yeah, now that it's Now that over. it's over. Ten years yeah. later, it's it's fading away. Yeah, I didn't finish that race, actually. That's I. That's one of the few races that I've never finished. I got, um, we were 
we pulled off the side on the boating section and took a short nap, and I had a leech get in my, like, uh, eyelash or right, right around my eye. Mm-hmm. So I pulled it off, and it was bleeding a little bit, and so I rinsed it off with the river water, and the river water had leptospirosis and various other diseases in it, and I ended up with a corneal ulcer. I went blind in that eye, and they helicoptered me to the hospital. Um, yeah. I was able to get my vision back, but I almost, yeah. almost lost my vision in that Yeah, way. that's probably a legitimate excuse for helicoptering out of the jungle. Yeah, I, I am glad that, that, that I was yeah. able to get to you know, medical assistance yeah. in, in that timely of a manner. And the hospitals in Malaysia were actually quite good. Huh. Well, that's, that's nice to know. I am, I actually might be going through there next year for a film project. So, oh, <laughs> nice. you got you got to do Mount Kinabalu. It's one of the coolest, coolest uh, peaks. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I'll keep keep that in mind. So, yeah. um, so that's here, here's something that I, that's will bring back probably horrible memories because that's pretty bad. But what is when? What's the most scared you've ever been racing? Um. Well. Um. Trying to think. Most. Or scared. apprehensive, or something you like. I don't want to ever do that again. Yeah, one time in at actually at the first Primal Quest in Telluride, we were the first team to the ropes, and. They, it was supposed to be a fixed line traverse where you, you are hooked into a line and you traverse across the rock. And so I was traversing, and then they let my teammate um, get on the line as well, and it made the line taunt. Oh. And I basically, it, it turned it into a zip line. And I zipped and crashed, hit the rocks and bounced and cracked my helmet and my um, hurt my foot. Um, I think it was a fracture, but worse was I had a concussion, and yeah. I still had to continue racing for a couple of days with a concussion. And uh, yeah. yeah, I look back on that. I was, I mean, that was our that was our job at the time. Yeah, that was my income. You yeah, know, so. a year, so we had to keep going. But boy, you know, that was yeah. not smart to to continue on like that with a concussion. No, it's not. Uh, as as the NFL is learning to realize, you sh- probably should stop when you get a concussion. But yeah, not <laughs> so. continue on for two more days of rough. But so right. yeah, so it was your. I mean, that was your job at the time. How many how many years were you able to make a living doing adventure races and running and whatever? Oh, let's. I mean, I kind of got into it with the goal of being able to. You know, when I picked a race to go to, my goal was to make enough money to pay for the travel. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I was able to do it, got a little bit better and was able to sort of supplement it. I was also doing some personal training and race race organization, race organizing at the time. And then it was probably only about three or four years mm-hmm. um, that it was. And I feel I look back on that time, and we, the, the few individuals that were competing at that time, were very lucky, very fortunate, because it was an amazing experience, and the timing was right as far as the opportunity with the sponsorship 
and the races that had prize money um and you know just to be able to do what we love to do and make a living but it was probably only about three or four years yeah pretty pretty narrow window there but quite honestly how how long would you you have wanted to to do that to make a living i mean that's that's hard work yeah no i i was i mean you know before my accident i definitely had thoughts in my head of gosh i don't know how much longer i want to do this um Mm. Just because it, yeah, it's hard. You know, yeah. it's a hard sport. I mean, yes, you know, so is football. But I, I don't know. I really think adventure racing in ways are, you know, just as hard on the body in yeah. different ways and and just well, physically hard. Yeah. Well, and it's also hard because it's so hard on your body, and you're not making any money. And let's face it. If you're making, yeah. even if you're making a minimum in a major sport, you're making pretty good money compared to. Oh yeah. What, what we think. Oh yeah. Money, so. oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But you know, to do it for the time that I was doing it for those three or four years, and then even the fifteen years that I, or so that I was compete, you know, competing, um, so much, it was. I loved it. I mean, yeah. I still love it. That's why I still do it. So it was great. Yeah, well, that's a good time. So, part of part of what I'm finding that that I didn't know I was going to do with the podcast, but um, is sort of um, documenting the early days. So, what is what's what are some a uh, couple of things that maybe from the early days that people wouldn't believe you were were doing while you were racing? I mean, there, there's a here's the one that I think sucked: you know, kickboxing or rollerblading. They're not doing anymore. But what what was maybe this is a better question? What was the vibe like back then? Well, it was. Um... You know, it was this different breed of people. I mean, we did stuff that was just crazy. Like, I look back on it now, and we were young, and we were out there just, you know, just going for it. It was competitive. And there was, you know, it was a little bit risky in the sense of the pace that we had in some of these races and, um, you know, the places that we went as far as, just exposure to various, you know, outdoor things. And we were sort of immune to it. It was just, you know, the the group of people that were doing, which is actually quite a small group. Yeah. I think we were just kind of immune to the, what, basically how amazing it was, what we were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, now, you know, I'm much more conscientious of, you know, not getting not getting hurt I and mean, I can't yeah. believe I I didn't get you know that we didn't have more injuries in those races yeah and now I'm more aware of that and the pace and taking care of body and I mean, we would just push through you know yeah. suffer through push through some pretty miserable times yeah. Um, yeah I I almost want to say you guys were harder badder asser I don't know if that's the word but I mean yeah comparing apples and oranges but but it it seems like it was a lot we more. Would, we would swim in cold water without yeah. wetsuits, and we would cross raging rivers, and we would go through these uh, swamps with eels, you know, and um, and we would be out in the ocean in these storm nasty storms. You know, the Navy SEALs were tipping over, and we'd be out there, you know, trying to kayak through that stuff. 
And then we would be out in, you know, 110-degree heat with humidity running like a seven-minute pace. Yeah. You know, it was just uh, like, whoa, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I I think officially you were a bad rasser. I mean, last week at the raid in France, they stopped the race because it was storming. Well, okay. and, and, and maybe you know, it probably were we batter asser, or were are they just getting smarter? <laughs> because, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was not any joy to be out there racing, and it probably wasn't safe. So it is. I'm not, you know, obviously it's probably the right call, but yeah, yeah, that, that just wasn't something that was done. I hate saying back in the day, but back no, in the they didn't. It was, you know, just rain or shine, yeah, kept going. Was, yeah, so. hopefully you had enough stuff with you <laughs> yeah so um were you i mean like say the top five or six teams were you guys all friends and did you kind of you know mingle teams race with you know kind of mix in and out or was it all this is this is our team that's their team and and we're just gonna beat you well we i mean we were competitive on the racing, yeah. you know, where everybody was trying to, to, you know, do their best or whatever. But, yes, we were friends, um, I think, still friends, you know, 10 years yeah. later. Uh, we still, you know, I see these people that I used to race with, and there's a, a special bond um, mm-hmm. and a respect. I think, you know, these endurance sports, um, you don't see the attitudes. It's more of, it's, it's such a humbling experience out yeah. there doing what we do that it seems to sort of bring every human down to a level where you don't see the arrogance or the fierce competition it's more of a respect and a a caring at least that's how i felt um but you know at the same time i mean it's a race yeah yeah you know so we were out there trying try we're trying to beat the other teams and trying to do our best and trying to win but there was nothing um nothing fierce about it so yeah i mean you're racing the course and and uh hopefully you're in front of the other team so yeah and oftentimes we would travel you know hours or sometimes days with another team yeah and i always enjoyed the company and sometimes we would work together in the um with the navigation or in the kayaks and at the san juan islands we actually um team seagate and and our team nike were um, we, you know, the Seagate had caught up to us right near mm-hmm. the finish, the last few hundred yards to the finish, and we decided to tie it. And uh, I hopped in the kayak with Nathan, and Christina hopped in the kayak with Michael, and mm-hmm. so there was no question that it was a tie. <laughs> yeah. Well. So. well, you know, that's what um, Tech New and Adidas did last last year in Costa Rica. They yeah, the last paddle. Cool. So. I mean, and that is, I mean, while it's one thing to do it, you know, at that high level, it's easy if you're 10th place to tie with somebody. But, I mean, that just shows the the family aspect, I think, right. of, of, of the adventure race. So, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, it is. It's a family. It's, yeah, yeah so. there's some, some quarrels as with siblings. Mm-hmm. But uh, in general, we all love each other. Yeah. Well, everybody knows what they're what they're in for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, when you were, I want to split this into two, but when you were adventure racing, were you, uh, I split it, a trainer or a go out and just do stuffer? 
I mean, did you have, were you, did you use? I did a combination of both. Yeah, because I was also doing, not so much, I was also training for, you know, shorter distance events. Mm. Um, I was doing, you know, doing some of the sprint adventure races, the high-tech ones, and yeah. also some, uh, was running on the, for the world, mount, trying to get on the world mountain running team. So I would go out and I had, you know, I would do my interval workouts, my hill workouts, yeah. And, uh, but at the same time I would, you know, a lot, a lot of my training was based on how do I feel today and what do I really want to do today? And I would always make time to do some sort of new trail or new adventure or something like that. Mm. But then I would also try to fit in my, my training, training. you call it workouts. Yeah. yeah. So, and I would suspect today you're more, more into the training because you, with the lack of time, yeah, it's more like okay, I got a, I've got an hour now. My husband's around to watch the kids, and I've yep. got an hour right now. I'm gonna go, and I just, like, I just pick something to do and go do it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. just fit it in. I don't know. I don't really do any intervals or anything anymore. I'm too just, old now. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm at the point. I did that back then, and now I kind of just try to go out and enjoy. Yeah. So. But, and I'll well, go faster if I feel like I, if I feel like I want to, and I'll yeah. just walk if I feel like I want just need, to. Well, I mean that's kind of nice to be able to do that, and not force yourself to do an interval. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was sometimes I wish that I wanted to do that training. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that I I don't so much, and that yeah. I'm old, I'm old enough now. That I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. So you're living in Moab, is that right? Yeah. And so, and so you're race directing. What else? What else do you do? Well, my husband and I own a um, little '50s diner called Milt Stop and Eat. It's a burger and shake shack, mm-hmm. and we're going on our eighth year now. It's the oldest restaurant in Moab. Wow. And so that keeps us busy. But That's an adventure you know, in itself. It's a totally different. It's <laughs> it's completely different. Well, I shouldn't say completely. It's yeah. different though. Um, but I enjoy it. It's you know got its own challenges. It's just different and it's fun. Yeah. And then yeah, I'm uh, organizing the Moab Trail Marathon, which is uh, just a awesome course in my backyard. Yeah. Um, and we're the USATF. Um, Trail Marathon Championship this year, hmm. so we got a good field of people, and that that keeps me busy getting everything dialed in for that. So, yeah, well, that's a. It sounds like a pretty full life. <laughs> You're doing yeah, right now. Yeah, well, that and the kids. <laughs> the kids are the kids are number one. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, you know, yeah. time commitment, and I'm and that makes me happy. You know, I. Yeah. So, well, how old are your kids? Um, William will be four on October 12th, and Noah just turned six. So, all right, so here's the question. Are they going to be adventure racers? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, Noah definitely seems, he's already done some mud runs, and tr- he did the little kids triathlon, and he did a 5K last year, so he's into it. He's a pretty good little athlete. Um and William, he's still young yet. Yeah. I'm not sure. He's tough. 
So I think, if anything, he could be like my adventure racing teammate because he seems to like the mud and the tough. He's a tough little kid. Um, But he doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't seem to like that. Well, he's he's not even four yet, so hard to predict. But he's not into, like, the, you know, let's go for a hike, Mom, or let's go biking. You know, he more wants to, you know, he's good for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, well, he's... So he doesn't quite have the endurance, but, I mean, yeah. he's only three, so... I'll yeah, let's... Right. Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> cut him a little slack. Well, I was joking when I talked with Nathan Favi that in about five or ten years, he can take his kids and he'll have his own adventure race team, and he didn't rule that out, racing with yeah. his kids. Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's a whole bunch... There is this... There's a whole bunch of, you know, adventure racers from the day. Yeah. Back in you know around the day that his kids are, you know, close to the same age as as my kids, yeah. and uh, I, we might very well have to do like a next generation eco yeah. challenge or something like that. So be it'll cool. be a be a reality TV show. Yeah, we'll come full circle. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, It'd be fun. Well, it would be so. Um, well, I don't want to spend take up all your day because you got to run a restaurant, right? It's probably right. getting lunchtime. But and and I really don't want to talk about this much, but we need to spend five minutes on your accident because unfortunately, some of the people I know that's how they know you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so do yeah. you do you have your two minute story that you tell people? Yeah, sure. So yeah, let's I mean, just it's let's do that. It's, it's something that you know. It's it's one of those things. It's been. Eight years, and on December 13th, and it's one of those things, I don't think a day has has gone by that I don't think about it. For one reason or another, I don't think about that moment. And actually, as the years go by, the more I look back on it, the more I realize, you know, just how lucky I am and how how the odds were so against me and how... So many different things fell into place yeah. to to survive that. So, but yes. Uh, so, what happened for those who haven't heard? I was, went out on December thirteenth for a trail run, and I was probably four or five miles into it, um, and I was on a section where I branched off the main trail and ran up this uh, wash, and was connecting, making a connection to another jeep trail, and I had done this route. Um, probably two or three times before. Um, it was, you know, yeah. a beautiful winter day, and I was on a slick rock section, uh, which is, you know, just how Moab is. Um, and I was going across this shelf, and it was a flat shelf, but, you know, the way the slick rock is in Moab, it's sort of these domes where it's flat and then the rock curves. And I hit a patch of black ice, and slipped and kept sliding, and it got steeper. Um, and then eventually, it was a free fall, 60 feet, and um, and ended up at the time I didn't know it, but I had shattered my pelvis and was able to drag myself. Um, for it took me about five hours to go a quarter mile, and I got to a puddle of water. It had gotten dark then, and the plan was to drag myself out. Once the daylight, yeah. once I had daylight, and except for, I ended up getting stuck there. The with the inflammation and the break, I wasn't. I eventually I couldn't move at all. 
Um, and I got stuck there for two nights and three days. And through a series of miraculous events, um, including my dog leading the rescuers to me, um, I was able to be rescued and survive. So cool, and get to talk to us. So yeah. Um. So my only question is: is when you're in normal everyday, whatever, this and something comes up, you are you are you like, well. There'll be a way through that. That'll that'll work out. It's like I've been through the worst, and so I'm waiting for the best. And yeah, it's, it's kind yeah. of. I mean, if you've been through that, you got kind of got to think that everything's going to work out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, oftentimes, you know, something will get rough in life, or I'll be going through a tough time, and I'll just pause a second and be like, "Hey, I'm lucky that I'm even here to have this yeah. rough moment." And yeah, you know, it's gonna work out. I'll be able to work through it if I made yeah. it through that. So, yeah, I I sort of kind of relate. Paulette broke her neck and back two years ago racing, and you uh, know, and it's kind of that same thing now. She's like, "Well, it can't be that bad. I'm not wearing a back brace for six months." Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. But yeah, so um, so you're gonna race NARS in a couple of weeks, and and. We'll get to see you there. I I was kind of bummed I didn't get to see you at Worlds, but it's like I didn't hardly get to see anybody there. Yeah, well, but, that's uh, yeah, it was the way it was. It know, just, we were all over the place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, do you have anything? I mean, do you are you looking at anything next year that you might want to do, or are you just kind of like wait till somebody calls you and says, "Hey, you want to go do this?" Yeah, well, this team journey racing, yeah. you know, they've approached me sort of as their alternate. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I don't really have anything, um, you know. Yeah, anything in your mind. Yeah, as far as racing goes. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll it, just see, see how it all works out. If something yeah. cool comes up, maybe I'll do it. If it if it looks fun and cool, right? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So. And if I could find a babysitter. Yeah, well, a couple more years and they can start racing with you. Yeah, I know. So that's cool. That's so, good. All right, well, I'm going to let you go because people are going to be wanting their burgers. And right. I haven't I haven't been to Moab in about 15 years, so I haven't been there. But next time I know where I'm having lunch. Yeah, come on down. Come on down and do the trail marathon, November 8th. Uh, I should make Paul. You're full. Well, can't we can find a spot for you. Oh, well, maybe I'll talk Paulette into doing it, and I'll come down and take some pictures for you. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. I'd love so, it. So, All right, well, um, always close the podcast by telling people to go fast and take chances. So I'm going to tell you to go fast and uh, don't take any chances for a couple of days. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks for talking to me. Thank you. All right, Have bye. Have a good one. All right, bye-bye.
Someone is driving me 